Clarence Tom on a deep fly off the right field, and if that bat stays together, it's most likely Brock's third home run of the season. Instead, he's 0-for-1 with a chance to give us the lead here in the bottom of the second. Runners at first and third. First pitch is a breaking ball that finds the zone for strike number one. Big leadoff first by White, and they'll throw a pickoff over. And now coming home, it's a steal of home! Steal of home! Ronnie McBride makes it 5-4! to four. The first steal of home in Moo history! And it's 5-4! to four. Hi, this is Dick Herford. Welcome to another edition of the 1-2-3 Inning College Baseball Podcast. It sounded like I said Dick Nerford, didn't it? Yeah. But that's not my name. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, it is. What's my name? Dick Nerford. No, it isn't. Yes. Apologize. No. <laughs> okay, well, I am Nick. Nick Herford, that's who I am. And this is the 1-2-3 inning college baseball podcast. The other voice you heard at the beginning, that was my youngest child, Emery, is, is a jerk. So to start the pod, that was a bit from the broadcast of uh, the Fremont Moo Collegiate Baseball Team. Fremont is a town about, mm, about a 30 minutes drive from Omaha. And they are a part of the Expedition League, which is a fairly new, they're in the second year now, um year of existence and the whole summer league thing is something that i i've never really paid a lot of attention to and the reason being is because once the final out is made at the college world series i completely check out covering college baseball especially the last couple of years when i've been doing division two II, division three and the naia rankings for a perfect game it's 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 exhausting i mean don't get me wrong i love it but man it it takes a lot of it 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 squeezes the juice right out of me. So uh, I, I just haven't really paid a lot of attention to, to the summer ball. But this new league is it's more it's more in my backyard. So I had really no choice but to check it out. There's teams in Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, and one up in, up in Canada. And what really made me notice these teams is um, they have really they have really cool mascots and logos. There's the Fremont Moo, of course, who I mentioned at the beginning. There's the Badlands Big Sticks, who just won the league title. Spearfish Sasquatch, the Pierre Trappers, uh, Casper Horseheads. And there's some other just really cool team names. And they have, the, the colors are great. The mascots are great. The hats are awesome. It's just a really cool looking league. So for this edition of the podcast, I reached out to the owner of the Fremont Moo, Chad Smith, who um, is also the head coach of the Midland Warriors, which is an NAIA team in Fremont. So we made plans to meet before one of their upcoming games. And then additionally, I figured ours are going to be there. So I reached out to their opponent, who was the PR Trappers, and asked if anybody would be interested in, in talking to me from that team. And I set something up with one of their players. But things kind of got goofed up with that second part because my interview with Coach Miller ran long. But it ended up being kind of a good thing because I ended up speaking to two players or two well, two guys from the organization who are actually D3 baseball players. And their names are Bryce Weary and Richard Cosgrove, and they go to the University of Valley Forge. And they were interning with the Trappers. And these two guys were total go-getters. I mean, they were just, they were oozing motivation and drive. 
And while neither of them are going to be professional baseball players, I would not be surprised to see them running a team sometime, and probably in the very near future. So my first interview for this episode is with Chad Miller, the owner of the Fremont Moo and the head coach of the Midland Warriors. And we basically talked about how the Fremont Moo came into fruition and um, just kind of the the the, the trials and tribulations of, of, of owning and running a baseball team. And then the second part of the... And then the... One, two, three. And then the second part of this pod will be um, me speaking with Bryce and Richard about how they, a couple upstart dudes from Pennsylvania, ended up spending the summer as interns slash coaches with the, with a collegiate baseball team. And I found speaking to all three of these guys to be extremely interesting. And uh, I have little doubt that you will as well. One thing that is a total bummer about these interviews, though, is that they were conducted outside. So the acoustics are not the greatest, especially in the second one, because there's basically three of us sharing one microphone. So I did my best to kind of clean it up and uh, work on the volume a little bit, but I don't think it's too distracting and and, and uh, it doesn't take away too much from the interview. So next up on the one two three inning college baseball podcast, Chad Miller, the owner of the Fremont Moo and head coach of the Midland Warriors. Tell me about the Expedition League and how you got involved in it. Right. So my background is is obviously from a coaching side of things. Uh, I've been coaching college baseball full time for almost twenty years now at, at the. Uh, primarily at the NAI level, but I also spent uh, six or seven summers managing and coaching in the Northwoods League and, and Cape Cod League, and those are kind of two of the, uh, I guess, uh, most respected leagues yeah, out there right now, uh, and they have been for quite some time. Uh, but my experience was nothing short of uh, fantastic, and uh, I, I really enjoyed the uh, the community aspect that it brings to these communities during the summer months and to see the excitement uh, of when the summer comes around and the, the kids are, are salivating, waiting for these, these players to arrive into town. Uh, the coaches and players become almost icons in these communities and they are such a uh, embedded in the community through community service, player appearances at corporate partners, businesses, um, so social media, of course, has, has, has uh, made it much more out in the open, if you will. You see some, some uh, crazy shenanigans these days yeah. in summer collegiate. And minor league has went that way as well sure. with the entertainment and the fun games on the field. Uh, but my background is player development. And, and coaching at uh, Midland University here for now, I just finished my fifth year. I was at the American Baseball Coach Association National Convention uh, January of 2018 it would have been and that league the Expedition League was just getting off the ground at that point and uh, I met the uh, Steve Wagner the founder of the league yeah. uh, the president of the league and a couple of owners were working the booth at the ABCA and I noticed that Hastings Nebraska Garing Scotts Bluff Nebraska uh, they were they were launching this league in this uh, in this area, the Great Plains, I guess you could say, the Northern Great Plains or Western Great Plains, I don't know how you'd want to coin it, but um, I knew there was a vacancy, there was a, there was an opportunity there because a lot of these communities are big baseball communities. They have great legion uh, history uh, with their baseball, they have nice stadiums, and I didn't think at that point we had a stadium that was capable. I had just asked them in passing, hey, have you thought about Fremont? Did you look at Fremont when you were looking at all these communities to start the league? 
And uh, he said, yeah, I actually had, had stopped in Fremont, looked at it, didn't think there was a facility at, at that time. And I said, I would agree. Um, he wanted to model it after those well-respected uh, leagues like the Northwoods League and the Coastal Plains League. So he was taking that business model, which has proven to be pretty successful, and wanted to start it in, the, in this area. And I, I said, you know, let's, let's have some conversations after this. I'll, I'll try to see if uh, we can facilitate some meetings with the city administrators, the mayor, and see if there's any interest. Uh, my thought at the time was, my sole interest was, uh, if we were able to find a, uh, able to, to get a team in this expedition league, my Midland program would most likely get an improved facility. Sure, absolutely. So I had motives of this is an opportunity maybe to get an ownership in here that would need to improve the facility, and therefore we would yeah. uh, receive an improved facility for our, our college program, Midland program. Uh, we had a meeting. Uh, long story short, we had a meeting with the mayor, city administrators. And they were really excited about it. Steve Wagner came down. I sat in. We talked about. Uh, I talked about my experiences in these leagues, and how I just loved the community aspect. I loved what it can it can provide for families and kids. And uh, uh, the city at that point uh, wanted to move forward. And we had a couple more meetings. They made uh, some economic development funds available to help with some uh, master plans for the facility. Uh, we knew we were going to need to do something profound to make the facility uh, capable of hosting a league like this. Um, so we, we received economic development funds, which was a, quite a process, the application process. City Council approved it. They were excited, unanimously approved. Okay, so that's, that's uh, we walk out of there going, wow, yeah. this, this, this has potential to have some legs to it. And um, uh, at that point, Steve had asked me, he said, Chad, given that I've seen, you know, you're embedded in the community with the Midland program, you have been, you live in this community, you're a baseball guy, you've been in these leagues, would you have interest, would you be our owner here? And at that point, I didn't know if they were going to decide to put a team in this league or not, yeah. because we're a franchise of the, of the league. So there's, uh, like any typical franchise, there's, there's a franchise fee, there's royalties, there's, yeah, yeah. there's that element, the business element to it. So we had to... You know, I had to take a step back and really evaluate if I was capable. I wasn't going to quit my Midland uh, coaching job because that means quite a bit to me. No, that would be a huge leap of faith. Right, right. And it means a lot to me. And I thought, well, this is a great fit. We, I already take care of the facility. I already am, am responsible for maintenance of the facility. So if we get this team, I own it. We can keep uh, baseball, you know, being played in the facility during the summer, which helps with, with maintenance and um, we can provide this community an opportunity to be touched uh, by this team and these players and these coaches for two and a half months during the summer. And uh, long story short, again, we, we uh, took a leap of faith uh, in many, many ways. Um, that was, I guess it would have been summer, last summer about this time is when we started uh, finalizing plans to bring a team to Fremont as the ninth uh, team in the Expedition League yeah. for year two. Wheat City Whiskey Jacks up in Brandon, Manitoba, Canada also uh, began this year. So right now there are 10 teams in the league. Uh, we're just past the halfway point. And uh, like any venture, there's good days, there's bad days. And um, at the end of the day, uh, you keep your eye on the prize and why you're doing what you're doing. And that's to uh, use this team as a vehicle to impact the community in a positive way. And that's important to me. Uh, we certainly aren't doing it to become wealthy, 
we no. don't become wealthy, but sure. we we could become wealthy in other ways. We can. Uh, we've already been out uh, doing numerous community service activities, and when you see those things take place, it it's pretty neat. And uh, to me, this was a legacy type project. How many chances in your life do you get to, yeah. to own a baseball team, a summer collegiate team? And I felt like everything I had done up to this point had prepared me for this. My master's degrees in sports administration, I've worked in administration, uh, I have a business undergraduate degree, uh, I have a degree in uh, real life experience with coaching and being a part of these leagues. I have friends in the Northwoods League that are owners of teams, so they've been great resources to help us uh, as we try to get this thing off the ground. So uh, a lot of things go into something like this and uh, it's a blessing every day with the things we overcame with the flood and uh, the spring and just being able to get this facility and open those gates on May 31st for the home opener was a win. Yeah, I bet that we I drove to we drove to Montana across Nebraska and you could see that just flooding still. This is just a couple weeks ago. So I can I yeah, imagine yeah. you must have been I had no fingernails. Yeah, everywhere you look here, everywhere you look here uh, was under about 4 or 5 feet of water. That's and insane. I know there's some some famous photos now that were yeah. out on Twitter with the facility underwater. Uh, the levee break wasn't far from here. This side of town, we had airboats running up and down the, the main road right out here uh, during that time. So you can imagine we, with, the, with the hard work of uh, our Midland University players and then the continued work of uh, our contractors to build this new grandstand we have to uh, clean, clean every inch of this because as you know, Water doesn't discriminate, mud doesn't discriminate, debris doesn't discriminate, and every inch of this facility, and we still have work to do. There's a few rooms or buildings that still have some uh, construction work to do to, to restore the buildings. Um, but when we look around and see what we accomplished in such a short period of time, uh, it's pretty rewarding. How did you how did you come up with the like the team name and colors? Yeah, everybody asks that. Yeah, uh, because I mean it's a yeah. huge part of it is. Any, I mean, you're, you're merchandising and just getting people to talk about it and buzz and it is and the brand, out. right? Yeah, it's the brand. I mean, because if you're the Tigers, I'm like, eh. right? So and there's some traditionalists, of course. We did a name the team contest in the winter on social media, and as you can imagine, there was every uh, every type of name you could imagine recommended to us. Um, some great, some not so great. Uh, it was a very tough decision because, as you said, it's, it does affect everything we do. It's our brand. And we wanted to create a brand that, that meant something to this area, that was related to this area, that um, was memorable, that stood out. Um, and we thought the Moo fit, those, fit the trend of minor league baseball team names and summer collegiate yeah. team names. Of course, you, you've got teams down called the Bacon and Bananas, and yeah, you have yeah. the Pit, pit spitters. There's, so there's a bunch of new teams in the last few years that have these names that uh, are pretty untraditional, but fun and quirky. And that's what we wanted to create, a fun and quirky name. And um, Nebraska is, has a huge cattle population. And to us, it was uh, our way of honoring the cattle, the large cattle population. And there was a few after we announced the name, of course, uh, uh, some, some loved it, some didn't love it. And there's a lot of plays off words you can use. There's just fun with the yeah. word moo and cows. And we kind of take in the angle of more of the, I guess, the fun dairy type cattle, um, like an orange Guernsey cow that uh, is bow, our logo, bovine. So that's where the orange came from? So that's kind of where the orange came from. And uh, um, orange is pretty prevalent. Midland is orange. And we wanted to have a unique color that the league didn't really have yet. Yeah. So purple wasn't used. And I like, I've always liked 
Clemson's purple and orange. I've always liked <laughs> yeah. the uniform, so I, that was my vision. Um, I thought the merch could be fun. Uh, it's proven to be uh, popular. I thought we could just have a lot of fun building the brand, and um, you know that was, I guess, the motivation behind that name. How's it been getting the word out that you guys are here? Yeah, I think, as you mentioned, there hasn't been anything really like this around here. Um, so I think anytime there's something new, uh, people are uh, curious and hesitant and, and skeptical all at the same time. Um, because because you depend on fan interest, of course. You depend on, you depend on butts in the seats to yeah. survive. Um, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're just trying to be able to cover our expenses, you know, to get through the year every year. And most summer collegiate teams are that way. Um, we didn't expect to be any different. We knew, like any startup, it was going to be challenging. Um, we see momentum. Uh, there's been, we had a great opening night. We've had three fireworks shows that have been fantastic. The, the response or the reviews, I guess you could say, have been very positive. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of a perfectionist and I'm looking at things from 30,000 uh, feet up in the air all the time and there's a lot that I see that can, can get better. We learn uh, business processes, uh, efficiencies, um, you know, how we do our baseball operations from a player standpoint and roster uh, development and all of those elements from, from concessions to merchandise to, um, to a food and beverage, uh, beverage sales, uh, beer sales, um, the entertainment side of things. You've got, you've got uh, corporate partnerships. Uh, so there, you're really running five or six businesses no, at once. And um, um, I think uh, we, we knew that going into it, that would be a, a, a monstrous task, but we felt like we were up for it. Um, but every day is a chance to put on a show, to entertain, um, to provide an opportunity for these guys, these young players, these college players that have dreams of going to the next level and providing a great experience for them. That, mean, that means as much as anything to me. And um, we, we are giving great effort in doing that. And some days we, uh, we, we make more mistakes than we do make good decisions, but we learn from it. And we try to make the adjustment quickly and respond. How do you how do you put, put, put together your team? Yeah, I mean you have. Do you act as the kind of the GM as well? You have someone getting else? this thing off the ground. So I, I was a part of that. I, naturally, I have a, a somewhat of a, a coaching network being yeah. in this yeah. profession for quite some time. So I reached out to them. Uh, a lot of our time really was spent just <laughs> once the flood hit, making sure we had a facility. So our roster was put together later than we would like, and later than it will be next year. We'll get most of it done in the fall, but we were scrambling just. You know what? What the roster was irrelevant if we didn't have a facility, sure, in my mind, and that's where a lot of our attention was. But we've got a competitive roster of guys, and um, uh, you know we've we've had a. I think the the challenge for us has been closing games out. Our back end of our bullpen hasn't been great, but we've gotten good starting pitching. We've been very competitive for a first year team. Uh, you know we expect good things or great things, and and what we're doing, we're trying to create a culture of that. And everybody loves a winner, and I think the more you win. Regardless, it doesn't maybe mean as much as it does in, in Major League Baseball with getting fans to the ballpark, but it matters, and uh, everybody wants to be associated with a winner. We we've started with the second half here, and we're we're in it uh, early here, so that's exciting. Um, but yeah, these players, I think a neat thing of these leagues, right, is that you have you have NAI guys, you have JUCO mm -hmm. guys, you have D3 guys, D2, D1, uh, you know, and everything in between, and. What it continues to prove is that there's really good baseball players at every level of college baseball. Um, and that's a fun part of it. I've always enjoyed seeing those uh, smaller college guys compete against the big dogs, yeah. the power five type guys. The, 
for example, uh, it was probably 10 days ago now we had a game here, and uh, one of my pitchers from Midland, uh, who uh, is a sophomore, um, was starting on the mound, and uh, he was starting, the other team starter was from USC. And yeah, so he had Midland, NAIA against USC, Pac-12, Power 5, uh, but but baseball's yeah, baseball. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the ro- I mean the rosters as I was going to wait, and I saw lots of D1 yeah. players. Yeah, Or at least you know, D1. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Especially from California. Yeah. And with the, no, I mean, there's in with everybody. There's there's I mean, there's Big Ten. There's there's probably representation from every Power Five conference really in this league. And uh, uh, by the way, the Midland guy threw a shutout and beat the USA guy, <laughs> USC guy that night. So yeah. that was that's always fun and rewarding. But. Um, you know, again, there's there's great players at every level of college baseball, and these leagues prove it. Um, and once you find guys, they're pretty much that's. I mean, are they on for the? They're on for right. the summer. Yep. So they they sign a contract. So unless they get injured or or there's you know something that I guess affects that contract or or uh, negates that contract, yeah, they're committed to us for the summer and re- unless we release them for some reason. And every league works like that because if it was just the Wild Wild West. You know, players be yeah, coming and going, people, and you could never. You, yeah. you, you, it'd be difficult to 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 know who you're going to have day in and day out. So yeah, there, there's a commitment that we ask of the players, just like the other leagues do um, for the summer. Now, a lot of pitchers come in, and their their coaching staffs want them to throw a, a certain amount of innings or pitches. So, and then they may go, and they may send another guy. So, every day there's uh, fluidity to the rosters in summer leagues, and this this league's no different. Do the most of the guys, do they, do they just have a host family here? In they do. They do, yep. So uh, we're fortunate to, that we have uh, great host families. We've had great experiences. I've had host parents come up to me, tell me how much the, the player, having the player stay with them has impacted their son or daughter already yeah. up to this point. So that's another element that's really rewarding is when you talk about community and building community, these uh, players uh, can make an impact in these homes that they stay to. And it... I stayed with the host family a couple different times when I was coaching or playing in these leagues, and uh, they become extended family. I mean, we're exchanging Christmas cards from them. Sure. The, the stories we're already hearing from the host parents and the feedback has been fantastic. And knock on wood, but we haven't had any um, any real issues with that yet. Good. So that's been great. Does the, does the Expedition League, or you guys as a whole, trying to do stuff that's kind of more, like some of that wacky stuff just to bring people in? You know, like I think you mentioned the bananas, like they've played a game in kilts. Is there anything right, like that? Right. Or is so, that, or is still just kind of at least, you know, well, let's just play some baseball. No, first. I mean I think every night there's there's a theme night. Every night there's uh, entertainment of some sorts. Or uh, tonight, for example, we're doing our salute to service, which is very common. But uh, uh, we're giving uh, you know our current and former uh, service members recognition tonight, presenting the colors and trying to put on a good presentation with that. And just giving them an opportunity to say thanks to them and providing them free tickets tonight for them and their families. Um, but tomorrow's uh, uh, Sunday fun day with the kids. So last week it was, I think, 105 or 108 degrees real feel. Yes, it was. And yeah, so we, I was and we, coming last and we week, had home and games. I was like, no way. And obviously <laughs> that keeps fans yeah. away. But what we did is we, we, we created a, a, a sprinkler run. So in between the second, fourth, sixth, and eighth inning, I turned on yeah. the left field irrigation. And we had we had adults out there. We had the mascot. We had uh, kids, probably 30, 40 kids running on the field, staying cool. And, the, and then it didn't affect the flow of the game at all. Uh, it worked out great. So we're always trying to create fun things like that for the fans. We've got the bounce houses here next to us, uh, fireworks shows. Uh, fun on-field games that uh, 
uh, fans enjoy. We've got Bo's bouquet of the game where we find a, uh, a couple that have uh, been together for some time and, and recognize them and present them with a bouquet of flowers, the <laughs> yeah. mascot does. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're constantly trying to, uh, I guess imitation is a, a form of flattery, right? Yeah, we, yeah. So we, we constantly scour the, the web looking for ideas to implement. And we do a lot, it's, it's, a lot of it's about the kids and a lot of it's about providing affordable family entertainment uh, that uh, you can't find at a professional venue. So I, at some point, you driving down Main Street and you see someone wearing a moo shirt yeah. or hat, that had to be something. Right, no, I, I think uh, when you, when you from the business side of things, um, the first year especially given that we had so much construction to do and so much restoration from the flood, I've really just had my nose down and focused on the next thing, right? Yeah. And I really, to this point, there's been a few moments where I've had a chance to breathe when the teams went out of town, and I, I see a moo hat or I see a, uh, I hear somebody talking about the moo. Have you been to a game? And I'll have I'll have a conversation at a convenience store with the clerk, yeah. and they'll talk about yeah I heard about this, and I won't tell them who I am, sure. and I just like to hear their feedback, and it's uh, helpful to me to to take those uh, those those comments. Uh, with me but it is rewarding naturally uh i'm just concerned i think like any new business in uh surviving year one so we can we have a chance to to regroup and really implement all the long-term or or or, uh meaningful changes that we can implement to prepare for for season two so i think maybe once the season ends uh august early august i'll have a chance to step back and take a deep breath and really appreciate everything that that's been accomplished up to this point now are you coaching as well i am not i'm okay. not so in a lot of this is is younger coaches that just like the players are trying to develop yeah. these leagues oftentimes have you know younger coaches that are trying to uh, make a name for themselves uh, network provide opportunities uh, for them to have their first head coaching position our our you know our manager field manager has not uh, ever been a field manager or head coach before so giving them an opportunity to develop too uh, I certainly uh, have uh, give my two cents every now and then on what I see but a lot of times I'm focused on the business operations the the outside the lines sure. and, and uh, inside the lines I try to stay out of their way and let them you know uh, benefit from the fruits of their labor and decisions or uh, I guess uh, suffer the consequences of, of the decisions they make and that's that's how you learn, right? That's how they develop too. Yeah. I think as players, I think back to when I coached, and uh, I mean the element of there's probably not as much uh, pressure or uh, things on the line as there would be in a college season, right, for your college team. However, you don't get to this level unless you don't have an innate, intense desire, a fierce sure. desire to compete. So I, when I managed or coached, I didn't feel any differently in the summer if we didn't win the game than I did. You know, when I was coaching college ball, it, you know, you you play to win. You know, it's cliche, but it's true. And if you don't succeed, no matter what you're doing, it should bother you. And it, if if it doesn't, you probably shouldn't be at this level because this is this is this is a very good level of baseball and uh, a very serious level. These players are serious about uh, their development and getting to the next level. The players that play in the league, uh, you know, are taken care of. Uh, there's no player fees. A lot of leagues charge player fees. There's uh, no charge to play in these leagues. We travel in charter buses. They stay in hotels. Um, So a lot of leagues will charge a player fee, but the Expedition League does not. So these players have a chance to come out here for next to nothing um, and and showcase their their ability, develop 
and um, that's a great deal for them. I think uh, we try to give them an experience that's unforgettable, and so far the feedback has been fantastic, and um, we're excited to see what it, this can be. I think of five years down the road and what it could I be. I hope so. And the, but but people, you know, uh, are noticing what we're doing. It's a the first year's a blur, right? Because oh, everything's new. Every like a new player in college, a freshman everything's brand new everything's always easier the second year because you've been through it one time already yeah there's so many unknowns that 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 creates stressors no i can't even imagine stuff like oh you know yeah you gotta get this 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 and we're good to go and then all of a sudden i'm sure you have to get insurance and, yeah oh yeah you know all and license to sell this license to sell that and like Right. You know, yeah. It, all the when insurance. You realize all this extra. The stuff. risk management, the the liquor license, the the city council meetings because this is a city facility. Yeah. Uh, that we lease from the city and and Midland has been gracious enough as well to share the facility with us. Um, so we're uh, it's a great public private partnership really right now, and uh, I think everybody benefits. It's a win win. The community. These you know everybody in the community can can find something that they enjoy about coming out to the ball game. And these players, again, can touch a lot of different people in this community throughout their two and a half months. And uh, every day we wake up trying to find a way to make that kind of impact in what we're doing, whether it be uh, the fun entertainment or whether it be uh, getting the players out. Uh, you know, with uh, we did the Masonic Lodge, the, the children's home here in Fremont, yeah. playing wiffle ball with the players and them bringing vans of of kids, I think when they realize they come out and watch Huskers and and Power Five guys and local guys, we have a lot of local guys that are pretty talented dudes that are that are playing for us and in this league right now. So uh, yeah, it's exciting, and you see, uh, there's a lot of different things going on. And um, again, I try to stay at that thirty thousand feet view. I really appreciate you taking yeah. the time. That yeah, was I nice. appreciate you coming You're, out. I, I guess yeah. I'm a dual guy. We have dual pit players, right? Yeah. That pitch and hit and play a position. I'm, I'm, I'm the head coach of the university, but I'm also uh, the owner and uh, running a, running the summer team as well. So I've turned into a dual uh, a dual coach, I guess. Yeah, well, so, I think it's great. I'm, I, I wish you absolutely nothing but the best whatsoever. I hope the I hope your league, your team does well. I hope yeah. the Expedition League turns well. Um, I'm thankful that uh, people like you are noticing it, and um, the show's about to begin. <laughs> All right. right? Yes. Pleasure, Thanks man. Fun. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. As Coach Miller went up to the press box to make sure the first pitch was going to be thrown on time, I spent a few minutes with Bryce Weary and Richard Cosgrove, interns with the Pierre Trappers, and baseball players at the University of Valley Forge. I'm Bryce. Last name? Bryce Weary. And you're from? Ocean Township, New Jersey. And But you play for? Uh, I play for the University of Valley Forge. I'm currently the baseball ops intern, one of two baseball op interns for the Pier Trappers. Okay. And my name is Richard Cosgrove. I'm from uh, West River, Maryland. And I play with Bryce at University of Valley Forge, small uh, Christian Division Three. Okay. So how did you guys, from being it's in West Virginia? Uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, yeah, okay. Yeah. So how, how do you come from Pennsylvania to South Dakota? Uh, initially, we actually had a couple interviews uh, around the Expedition League, and we thought we were um, going to be spending our summer in Hastings. And um, I had a great interview, great couple interviews with Eric. Um, and Who Eric is? 
They're AGM. Okay. Um, thought it went pretty well, and we were expecting a phone call, and then we got the phone call back that they can only take one of us. So we yeah. kind of went this as a group together and crossed that off the list and got a call from Peer, and you know, here we are. So it's been cool. So, how, I mean, but how did you even realize that there was an opportunity for you guys to do something during the summer? Uh, we just looked up baseball jobs. We were just trying to get in the coach one day, and we found one of the leagues was Hastings, and we emailed some other leagues as well. And yeah. Obviously, what he said about Hastings, and then we ended up just finding Pierre. So, just from a Google search, basically. So you just you wanted to do something baseball for the summer, yeah. Yep. And then we you found the expedition. You, know, you even went that far. Yeah, we yeah. kind of went out and, and tested it out. But since we're still in school, uh, you know, not too many jobs for guys still yeah. trying to get a bachelor's degree. So, um, next step after that was once we had those connections, was try to go build a resume, and that's why we're here. Okay. So what what is so what do you do day to day for the team? Or I mean, so like, I mean, you're, so, you obviously travel with yep, the team. Yep, so um, in the beginning of the season, we um, were lucky enough to have Jake and Tanner be uh, the head and the assistant coach, and they've been great with us. They gave us uh, as much leeway, leeway as we wanted, basically said do whatever you want. Um, we presented some projects, so with the hitters, we're doing a blast motion project, which is um, a bat sensor you throw on the bottom of the bat and uh, I'll tell you all the metrics. Um, so what we basically did was throw in an Excel sheet and see what, what metrics are lacking and, and kind of find some drills to pinpoint some of their weaknesses in their swing. Um, with the pitchers, one of the, we just actually started this one, is the modus arm sleeve. It's a chip you wear on your UCL that, text, that tracks uh, arm tension. So um, over, it tracks a seven day uh, tension, a 28 day tension, and basically something called M-stress. Um, so we track that throughout uh, starters uh, first day and then to their fifth day, kind of see where their arm is and making sure guys go back to school healthy. How did you even develop a background to be able to do this? Um, being at a D3 school, you know, you don't have as much budget as yeah. everybody else has. So we... Um, so, so it becomes your, if you want to find out, instead of having yeah, an extra the, coach or somebody right, like that, the rules and, it right, falls on you yeah, guys basically to do it. 16 days or whatever in the fall, so uh -huh. fall one or basically on your own. And then, so like Bryce and I used the blast before on ourselves, and lucky enough, like he was saying, to meet Jake, and he kind of shows the stuff about the Lotus arm sleeves, and we're uh, followers of driveline and the baseball, which is skyrocketed over the last couple of years, and they use both of these things, uh, 26 of the 30 teams use blasts and a bunch of teams are using the motor so it's been cool to be able to learn and develop that those kind of jump on that revolution yeah so what's your actual title then uh, with here we're baseball ops interns yeah ops interns ops, ops interns yeah. okay because it sounds yeah because i didn't know if you got more of administrative because it almost sounds you're almost kind of i mean you're not coaching yeah, but you're it's been it's been cool because you know we've had some but but that is what you want to do eventually. Yeah. You're yeah, looking well, to become I, I mean, coaches. I just want to take baseball as far as I can go, and you know, yeah, if it's not going to work, didn't work for me with the playing side. So we'll see how far <laughs> we can take it. Yeah. The other side. Yeah. So, yeah. Basically, it kind of is in a coaching role, I guess, in a sense, a little bit. But we've definitely been lucky enough to have Tanner and Jake to be able to learn from and let us do some stuff that we wanted to do with that lead way. So do you, you don't you can do any stuff like coaching bases or anything else like that or uh, may, may, well I mean tonight we'll be in the dugout maybe yeah. if the guy gets thrown out the pops <laughs> out there but um, it, it, it differs on the road on the road we kind of uh, one of us will be either tracking pitches or be in the dugout 
Then at home, it's a little different because we uh, we're responsible for running the stream. It's yeah. uh, through the Expedition League, so one of us will run that, and then oh, so like so people can watch and such. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, on the road, uh, in both home and on the road, with that blast motion, we put together drills that players need to work on based on their strengths and weaknesses. And before BP, they'll come in the cage. We'll show them the drills, toss them BP, toss them some plyo balls, and that's kind of their daily routine. And we have about I think eight to nine guys running that mm -hmm. with us, so that's kind of cool to be able to that with you guys. You know, being East Coast people, had you ever even remotely came out here, you know, thought about? I think the running joke all summer has <laughs> been, if you told me last year I'd be in South Dakota, I uh -huh. would have bought it. Even, but, um, even probably last August, September, yeah. there's no way I would have said I was going to South Dakota. <laughs> it's definitely been a little different, bigger sky, more cows, a little slower, <laughs> but, you know, definitely I think we've got cool a good situation. Cool, I mean, experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I drove through. I drove uh, across South Dakota mm -hmm. last month. So from uh, what's what's there's a team with Sioux an Falls. with an Aboriginal. There you go. Spearfish. <laughs> from Spearfish yeah. to Sioux Falls. I mean, and there is just nothing in yeah. South Dakota. Yeah. That, so that was the biggest thing. Uh, <laughs> but Pierre's decent. That's the capital, right? Yeah. Yep. We were a lot yep happy about Pierre better than we thought so it's I think it's probably cool. better than Hastings so I think yeah Hastings was Hastings a long long road rough. trip yeah. it was tough you know not many home runs we actually that series we had a couple home runs but that field is just absolutely yeah, it, huge they didn't huge. go out and we've been lucky enough to have a great host family in the Lutmers we live in their basement so that's been a cool experience for yeah. sure did you guys used to did you ever play in the summer or you're basically just saying I'm gonna. I've kind of reached what I am now. I'm gonna start looking more towards the future. Yeah, for where I'm at right now, I think I'm kind of gearing towards what I want to do once I graduate. I played um, a lot of a lot of baseball through you know when I was younger all the way up until high school. And once I got into college, I kind of realized what I wanted to do. Started working more internships. This is actually my third internship, so um, yeah, I, I definitely think I'm geared for more of a future than going out and swinging it to more for myself. You know? Yeah, and then last year I played. Uh, American Legion ball, but this year kind of exactly what he said, kind of giving more to his future and working their way up every year and getting more experiences throughout the country and learning about baseball. So. In Pierre, how many people get to come to the games? Pierre, we have a great fan base. Yeah. I mean, and I've seen pictures yeah. and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people at those yeah, games, and, I, and I've been really surprised. Nice. I think. I think, I think we're second. Like, I think yeah, we're second, second attendance in attendance behind the, the uh, defending champs, Western Nebraska. Yeah, so we get about 800 people a game. So That's it's, pretty good. You know, definitely yeah. good energy every Absolutely. night. And I don't understand how. Where's the the Western Nebraska team play? Garing, I think it's. Okay, Garing. yes, I've yep, heard. Yep. We're, I we're can't imagine that there's 800 people in Garing. <laughs> Apparently, they have like twice the amount almost. <laughs> yeah, they have like 13. They 14, were first 15, last 100. year. They're first this year, so I, I guess winning will do that. Yeah, right? well, good for them. What's what's your guys' biggest road trip uh, lengthwise? I think Canada. Is it going up to yeah, yeah Manitoba? The Wheat City, yeah. I think Wheat City's the farthest. Like nine, that right? sucks if you're hasting so that would Yeah, uh, they're at the bottom, they gotta so they're looking at seven hours the shortest. So, so. Yeah, Pierre's basically like smack in the middle of the league, so in terms of travel, it's been We've good. been lucky. Yeah, lucky compared to other teams. Is is it what you'd hoped for? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think yeah. it's been better honestly, just being able to you know, we've gotten, a, like we said, the coaching staff has given us a lot of responsibility. So, yeah, uh, definitely learn learned that. a ton this summer, and, you know, we're only just over halfway through. Lucky we're getting the host family, too. We're definitely happy about that. The first day we were living basically on the floor because they didn't have us one, but yeah. we were lucky enough to yeah. find a nice family that took us in. We could stay in the basement, so that's been nice. All right, what years are you guys? 
I'll be a senior next year. Okay. Yep. So, and then... I'll be a sophomore next year. But so, you're almost done. Mm -hmm. Any plans yet? Do you think um, you might come back out here? I definitely know I want to either work uh, in the Northwoods or Cape Cod. We had... We kind of came through this together, so we want to do it as a group, but um, we both got accepted got offered jobs in the Cape Cod League. We'll, we'll hit the winter meetings in San Diego next year. Nothing comes up. Um, you know, kind of just find our way from there and try to get into another league. Yeah, absolutely. I am impressed with the fact that you guys, where was it? Was it winter leagues? In, where was it this year? Uh, I'm sorry. Winter meetings was in Vegas. Vegas. So you guys took it upon yourselves mm -hmm. just to travel out there and go what kind yeah. of gig we can, and see what yeah. kind of gig and we can get? with our buddy who's from Irvine, California, and yeah. he uh, interviewed for some jobs. and he. When I got the, when I got a job, but it, I mean, he was a senior, so schooling-wise, he still had to finish up school. So time frame-wise, didn't work out. But uh, this summer, he's working in the Cape with Blast Motion, that bad sense that we were talking about. And so did he get his gig the same way from that trip? Yeah, yep. basically. Yep. yep. And yeah, he actually met the guy in the elevator, which was kind of cool. He got their card, and it all worked out. And uh -huh. then we planned to go again with him, and he'll definitely find a job this year. And then hopefully, we can find some this year or in the future. About 10 minutes till game time gotcha. so i better let you go well thank you so yeah, much awesome. i think that's a very interesting story just the fact yeah. that you guys were like you know let's go out and find a job and you, and you, and you went out and did that yeah. it just it shows tremendous drive yeah really so good luck thank you see you guys well that wraps things up my thanks to chad miller bryce weary and richard cosgrove and thank you for listening this has been the one two three inning college baseball podcast